Hi, Jim. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing fine, Ralph. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, today we have something a little bit different we haven't done for a month or two. We have a special guest. Yes, indeed we do. And her name is? Uh, Kayla Miskowitz. Kayla Miskowitz. You do... The, the linguistics is so good, Ralph. I, <laughs> I, I would murder that name. So, yeah. Uh, and... Uh, well, we will uh, start in, in just a minute. We've got a uh, really interesting topic, and uh, I think everyone's going to want to hear what uh, you and I, well, particularly, Kayla, has to say. Well, Ralph, uh, I see you were without your mask today. Well, I have my mask. I just don't happen to be wearing it at the moment, so I can talk a little more clearly into the mic. Okay. And, uh, of course... I do have my mask on. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Kayla's with us today, and uh, the reason that uh, uh, we're talking about masks is that uh, Kayla's actually done some research about masks, right, Kayla? Yeah, so I've been um, working on a review paper with some, some fellow researchers out of Rush, and we're not manipulating any variables per se, but just doing a review on what's available um, basically looking at facial expression and recognition. Okay, what, uh, with uh, the, the mask wearing and COVID, um, you know, a lot of us see just the eyes of people. You know, um, in fact, last week when we were talking about uh, uh, you coming on, we were talking about, uh, Ralph and I were talking about mask wearers in uh, like theater. You know, and you get a whole different persona if you're you know, using a mask. And I'm turning this down a little bit. It looks like <laughs> on the uh, oscilloscope, it looks really pretty interesting. Okay, so <laughs> tell us what you uh, were able to locate in the literature. Yeah, so a lot of the literature is looking just at the six basic emotions. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes they'll add neutrality, a neutral face in there. And they break down uh, your facial expression into action units in the upper face and okay. the lower face. And it seems like with the mask, you'd be losing everything below the eyes. So everything in the nose and the mouth, making it basically a lot harder to tell what emotion is being expressed with just the eyes alone. You're losing all those context cues that you could get from the mouth. Okay, and you as a psychologist, would pick up a lot of emotional information from the entire face. And so you'd lose some if the mask was covering the, from the nose down, right? Right, yeah, uh, exactly. Okay. And you do some neuropsych testing too, right? Right. Does it have any, does the mask have any effect on uh, people who are being assessed? I think so. So this wasn't what we had researched, but I did notice that um, Let's see, it seems like if people have, if they're a little hard of hearing, they're trying to look at your lips more for um, the words that you're saying. If you're doing like a list learning task or something like that, you'll see them looking even if you're wearing the mask and saying they can't hear you, even though they can hear you. Um, and we did find some evidence to support that as we age, you do depend more on the lower face for that information. Whereas before, like for children, for example, they might look more at the eyes. So some of that has come across in neuropsych testing that I've seen, um, but I have not researched specific neuropsych populations. Okay, so um, 
what in general uh, can we say about mask wearing? Yeah, there's some things to keep in mind, I guess, when you're interacting with specific clientele. Um, eye contact will be perceived differently based on the culture of the client too. Um, so direct eye contact without the context of what your mouth is providing, it could look more threatening, it could look a little dominating depending on, I don't know, any kind of cognitive bias associated with a particular diagnosis or with a culture. Sure, some yeah. uh, cultures just don't like eye contact, right Ralph? Yeah, um, my wife and I spent a couple of years in China teaching and uh, the Chinese basically see direct eye contact as hostile. Mm. You know, even though you might be smiling and happy and engaged in what you think is a pleasant conversation, if you're staring beetly right into their eyes, they go, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And what about this social distance, too? Isn't it something well, that we saw and see in China? Yeah. Um, if you're a friend of a Chinese person, they have no hesitation in touching you. But if they don't know you, touching is strictly off the table. That's not something that can, can happen. Uh, but we were kind of bemused when we first were teaching in the university level classes and we saw our students walking hand in hand, girl, girl, boy, mm -hmm. boy, across campus uh, because that's a signal in our culture that's seen very differently in Chinese culture. Holding hands means you're my friend, not, you know, I'm, I'm going out with you kind of thing. Okay. So that was interesting. The other thing that we really found in terms of masking behavior was that the Chinese tend to live in highly polluted cities so a lot of people mask up whenever they're going out just as a general protection for breathing, you know. So. Uh, okay. Now, this research uh, that you've done is going to be published in. Oh, we don't know. We're, we're getting ready to resubmit okay. <laughs> as we speak. Yep. All right. So what kinds of comments or what kinds of, of reception has your research had in the uh, professional field? Yeah, so, so far it seems like it could be very clinically useful. We have some suggested guidelines for people to, to maybe keep in mind when they're interacting with different kinds of clients, uh, things to be mindful of. We have had um, some recommendations to go more deeply into the expression versus recognition literature um, in terms of what is the client recognizing from you, what are you expressing to them, and vice versa. So kind of almost four levels of interaction, whereas before we were just seeing two. Okay, um, so if we think a little bit about, you said uh, uh, expression and reception, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, um, with, with the mask, your, your uh, expressive part would be your eyes, right? And that would be kind of it. And what would be the the receptive part of being masked from the nose up? Yeah, so I guess it would kind of be, um, are you doing any other kind of body language that uh -huh. could aid in what you're saying? Um, how intense are you, how intense is the depiction of your upper, those action units in your upper face? Is it a really intense scowl? Mm -hmm. Are okay. your eyebrows moving at all? So kind okay. of things like that to just clarify 
Okay. Your message. I'm going to try something. Okay. <laughs> so I've got my mask on right here. Okay. So, and now pretend these are dark glasses. Okay. Can pretend. Mm. Those? All right. So I've got my mask on and my dark glasses on. Um, what I can see you both of you really well, but how much of me would you be able to see? Right, maybe a little bit of your eyebrows, maybe <laughs> if you're really engaged with your forehead muscles, but that okay. would signal a more intense emotion that without your mouth, it might look aggressive. Mm -hmm. You might look angry. Okay. You might look disgusted or surprised. <laughs> okay, and that actually I'm joyful and, and, <laughs> and smiling. But, but that's another thing about masks. We, you know, the three of us have the basic light blue throwaway disposable kind of mask, right? But some people have very elaborate masks, um, like with smiles on them. Mm -hmm. and, you know, in fact, somebody was commenting on the masks that the uh, U.S. Olympic team uh, had. Did anybody see what those masks no, look like? No, no. I don't know. Apparently it was something like maybe Joker and Batman or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the one that, uh, that always makes me smile when I see somebody wearing it is the mask that has a smile printed on it and up above is the little wee logo that says I am smiling damn it <laughs> <laughs> yeah well with mask wearing we've had to learn how to, how to express our emotions uh, uh, differently and you know the point you made uh, uh, Kayla about using body language you know a lot of us uh, don't realize that uh, oh, how much how much do we communicate through our body about 60 70 percent quite a lot right yeah okay. yeah and one of the uh, one of the mantras uh, when I was teaching interpersonal communication was you can't not communicate you can have a perfect poker face but your body is going to give you away so you know uh, if you're if you're angry, <laughs> and I just crossed my arms there and sat back, uh, you know, and that's, that's a signal to somebody who's talking to you that you're really uncomfortable and probably getting angry. Okay. What else um, uh, have you and your colleagues found? Now, you said Rush. I'm sure that uh, you're talking about what, Rush Presbyterian? Oh, yes. <laughs> um, Not Rush Limbaugh. Center, right? yeah, no. Rush Limbaugh wouldn't help these days anyway. Probably not. Yeah. He'd, he'd be a little incommunicado. In, indeed. Okay, so who are your colleagues? Yes, uh, Stephanie Musil, uh, Suzanne, and Thomas, are. they're all working together and allowing me to work with them on this paper. Okay. Largely a neuropsych focus in there. So, Kayla, did... Did you do, or has any research been done on the masks uh, which have the band that goes over your nose and the strap around your chin, but there's a clear oh, yeah. uh, section through where your mouth would be? I had been interested in that too. I didn't see any research on that, but I was thinking that would be a great next step to take, especially when I think about the clients that are hard of hearing and are looking at your lips for word reading. I wonder yeah. if seeing it could make enough of a difference or if it really is a sound barrier. But I've been interested in that too. Yeah. You know, uh, you do some neuropsychological assessment at uh, a local uh, practice, right? 
Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, I wonder, I, I know this because often you're in the office beside my office, you know. Um, I wonder if we could give our clients a face mask, you know, the, the, the face shield. You know, oh, would you please put on your face shield <laughs> and your hard hat upon yeah. coming into my office? Well, I, I saw a guy the other day in uh, one of the shops who was wearing one of those uh, transparent spark shields that uh, you wear if you're grinding metal. Uh-huh. And I thought, okay, yeah, that uh, if I were completely happy about it, you'd have a band around your neck of cloth. But other than that, that seems to work pretty well, you know. Uh, so... How about the uh, full welder's uh, <laughs> helmet, you know, with this yeah. slit here? Yeah, it, it makes it a little hard to see, though. You know, you need a white cane to, <laughs> or a welding torch that was going in front of you all the time. Okay, uh, uh, probably not going to happen. Probably not. Hmm. But the funniest that I saw was a guy in one of the local department stores who was wearing a, a full-rig Israeli gas mask. Oh, Okay. So, and I thought, well, I don't know how it handles viruses. It'll filter out the noxious gases. So, yeah, what emotions did you recognize with his? <laughs> Absolutely none. I looked at it, and there were, you know, the little glass eyes uh, up here, and you couldn't even see his eyes inside. And I thought, and there's that big canister thing, right? Yeah, big schnoz. Okay. So I thought, uh, hmm. Left over from World War One, or <laughs> okay, Ralph, you're communicating quite well as you tap on the uh, table. We're in a different studio today, and so you're, you're yeah, that, well, yeah. fidgety. Uh, yeah, there, there we are. <laughs> there we are. That, that, that's that's Ralph that's doing that. No, it's not. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what other kinds of things have you been finding in in the literature? Something I thought was very interesting was the research on micro-expressions. Are you familiar with that at all? No, so, not really, no. Yeah, I thought, I thought this was interesting. So I guess micro-expressions are an authentic emotion that you display with usually your eyes, kind of the corners of your eyes, unconsciously, super rapidly, less than a second most times. Huh. And it's usually an authentic emotion. And then we usually just as rapidly conceal it with something from the lower region, like a slight smile. Hmm. So it could be something like disgust or anger you might show very rapidly up top on the eyes and then maybe you mask with a a slight smile or you lift one of those muscles a little bit so as a clinician with the mask you might be losing your ability to conceal those emotions so I know I think of if you're doing some kind of exposure therapy with a trauma client maybe they don't want you to judge what you're hearing of their traumatic experience or they're they're nervous to tell you Um, They're worried about making other people feel sad or something like that. So you want to look kind of like a blank slate, Mm -hmm. non-judgmental. But maybe when you're hearing their story, you do have a quick flicker of, you know, anger, sadness, disgust, whatever it might be um, regarding the story. But you would usually move your mouth a little bit to show them, no, no, I'm concentrating. I'm just actively listening. But with the mask, you might lose that ability. And what they're going to notice is what your eyes did so quickly with that micro-expression. So okay. just something to keep in mind that you, you probably aren't aware of most mm-hmm. of the time, yeah. but that's happening yeah. just so rapidly. You know, early on, you mentioned the, um, the emotions. 
Now, um, there are several different, uh, um, uh, what would we call them, hierarchy, no, uh, uh, the, the word is escaping me right now, but theories of emotion. Pluchik gives us one, right, and, uh, with disgust and anger. And what, what are your well, uh, um, emotions when you, when you look at uh, the literature, what's being reported out there? Yeah, we were doing a very broad approach. So we were just looking at the basic emotion theory. I believe it's disgust, anger, sadness, happiness, surprise. Mm -hmm. And then some studies expand on that to compound emotions that mm -hmm. are blends of any of those six. Some people had talked about more cognitive emotions, so showing that you're concentrating. Um, and then you have things like empathy, compassion. It gets really complicated pretty quickly. So we kind of focused on just the meat, the basic mm -hmm. six. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of interesting when I think about emotions. You know, um, a couple of them are neutral. Surprise, I'm not sure, uh, but most of them are uh, what well, we'd consider them negative, right? Mm -hmm. Disgust, anger, you know, that kind of thing. Any idea why researchers have focused? more on, say, the negative emotions than positive ones. The re reason we ask this is that Ralph and I are both interested in positive psychology. And, uh, um, but, you know, in psych, uh, in, in general, you know, we have had a history of looking, you know, the other way. So what have you seen? That's so interesting. So I, I know no expert by any means, but I believe happiness is the easiest to recognize even with just the upper face. Okay. So I wonder if maybe there's more research on the negative because we tend to see that kind of present itself as more of a problem with different populations. So I know with major depressive disorder and some anxiety disorders, you have that negative bias, that attention to the, the threatening stimuli. They do seem to recognize the negative emotions more quickly or see negative emotions where there's really a neutral face. And I wonder if maybe there's just no significant differences in terms of the positive emotions, so we're just not really going there in the research. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, uh, as, as uh, Martin uh, Seligman says, we uh, we do have a long history of uh, you know trying to spot the loony, as he uh, as he puts it. You know, so yeah. And uh, one of the other interesting things about this is that uh, almost by definition, for the last 50, 60 years, anybody who feels the need for help from a psychologist or a psychiatrist will go in and say, Doc, please help me, I have a problem. And so that tends to set us up for expression of negativity because then you say, what's your problem? Well, you know, and then the story unfolds. And so, um, to be positive in your presentation is very difficult for a client who comes in and says, I have a problem, but I feel good. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting too, because I feel like as a clinician, you feel like there's less to explore there because it sounds like everything's going well. And then if a problem's reported, it's, oh, let's, let's hear about what happened, what led to that, how did you recover from that? Let's talk more about that negative thing rather yeah. than that positive thing, yeah. We, um... Uh, we've gone through, what, about 16, 17 months of, of mask wearing. Um, we broke out, I suppose, in what, June or so. We could you know, go outside without masks. We could be in social groups without masks. Now we're being told, let's see, it's uh, the, about the middle part of August, 
2021, and we're being told what? Well, mask up. That uh, you know, even in even in uh, uh, in indoors, uh, even yeah. in your own home. What so, can we look forward to when kids go back to school in a couple of weeks? Any idea, Kayla? Oh gosh, I'm not sure. I wonder. Um, I imagine teachers are getting a very good handle on <laughs> expressing emotion effectively to the kids and recognizing what they're doing. But I wonder how kids are adjusting to that. I haven't looked at what that's like for the developing brain, kind of navigating this new. I don't know, but I, I can tell you that my daughter is a preschool educator, and she says that you can keep a mask on a group of three-year-olds for the whole day. Mm. So, you know, if you can do that, I think kids in later elementary school certainly should be able to mask up without feeling a great deal of discomfort. Well, maybe uh, without feeling discomfort, but uh, are, how effectively are they uh, communicating to their peers? Um, a 12-year-old or an 11-year-old or a 10-year-old is just learning how to, how to communicate. And so if we've taken away part of our communication system, i.e. from the nose down, you know, how good will the receiver be at uh, understanding the emotions of okay, little, so, little so. Jimmy who is either upset or, or uh, um, happy or uh, angry, you know? So what we need is a mask that has little emojis uh, <laughs> that are changeable. That's not a bad idea, actually, Ralph. You know, um, we do have masks that are quite, uh, um, uh, quite custom, quite custom made. Uh, Central Michigan University's got a, a pretty nice mask, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. With, mm -hmm. uh, the president of the United States has got a pretty interesting mask with the you know, presidential seal on it. So, yeah, we probably could put little little screens and emojis on a mask if we wanted. Yeah, uh, and, we would and hope... you could sit there with your phone and, uh, you know, if somebody said something to you and hit the emoji that's appropriate. And... Yeah, well, hopefully we're not going to uh, be wearing these things for the rest of uh, the 21st century, so, uh, you know, maybe we can, can, you know, maybe we don't need the uh, emojis, you know, or maybe Good. we can just do it on our phone, too, yeah. just hold our phone <laughs> right. up, you know, like, I'm really uh, ticked. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> you know. the, uh, the other thing, though, and I was going to ask you about this, Kelly, have you talked to uh, people who have a social mask which they wear habitually? You mentioned teachers, and that's what brought it to mind. I have a number of friends who are retired teachers who have said, you know, I've been retired teaching from for five years now, and I still can't get away from the mask I used to wear in the classroom. Somebody asked me something at lunch, and I launch into an explanation the same way I would if he was in 12th grade, you know. Uh, <laughs> so I think we t can tend to develop the mask, which is professionally appropriate. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I guess in that case, it might be more important to just practice skills for effectively communicating in general and then just really trying to be extra mindful of them when you're in your professional yeah. physical location, but keeping, I don't know, a professional mask more often, more of the time maybe, I don't know. 
I don't know either, but, you know, guys who've been long service teachers for 35, 40 years have said to me, I, I just, you know, I, I drop back into it. That's my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Well, I can remember a few years ago, quite a few years ago, Ralph, you and I were in uh, New York City um, after one of the Olympics of the Mind uh, competitions. And uh, we we uh, were walking down the street and we were noticing some people who were uh, getting hassled by uh, uh, other people. And we walked by them and, you know, nobody hassled us at all. And we both had our, our Manhattan, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> face. Don't mess on. with me. Don't mess with me face <laughs> on. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you can, yeah, sometimes having... Uh, uh, the ability to control your emotions is going to be, uh, uh, facially at least, going to be a good thing. Yeah. What, uh, what What's the, uh, uh, for you, uh, Kayla, what's the best uh, outcome of your research? Um, I've, I've really enjoyed, we've found that a lot of the difficulties that seem to occur for the different populations we've looked at, it seems like you can really correct a lot of these things with just kind of natural verbal statements too. Letting someone uh, with schizophrenia, for example, so you know they're going to be avoiding the eye region probably. They're going to be losing some of the information you'd be giving with your face. Just letting them know I'm going to be making more eye contact with you than I might have if I wasn't wearing a mask. How is that for you? This is what I'm feeling right now. I'm mm -hmm. not angry. You might think I'm angry. And just kind of clarifying what you're thinking. And if you're trying to be empathetic and it's not coming off, you can use verbal or reflective statements, something to kind of show what you're not able to show with your face anymore. So mm -hmm. it's not as hard to correct yeah. as it might yeah. seem. Yeah, and I guess we've learned how to do this over the last uh, 16 or 17 months also. Um, a lot of the people that I see are uh, children. And uh, uh, for most of my clients, I'm seeing them via a, a computer screen. Mm. And uh, it isn't very difficult for them, uh, nor is it very difficult for me, um, because they're used to getting information from screens. Right, right. Know? And they're used to getting information, even information from an old guy like me, you know, oh. who's kind of like, uh, like uh, Mr. Rogers, right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, without the sweater. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, the, one of the things that that I think in terms of what we were saying earlier about younger people is they tend to communicate uh, electronically so much that I think maybe a lot of the things that you and I when we were kids did face-to-face, -face, uh, they do today by text or some other, you know, on-screen method. Yeah, I wonder if they're utilizing telehealth more than older generations. I could see that being the case. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, I just uh, I just banged the computer, Ralph, so I have to apologize for uh, making fun of you by banging the table. <laughs> it's all right. I, uh, I'm a repressed drummer. I have no <laughs> rhythm, but I like to drum. <laughs> okay, well... You're a, a retired teacher, too, and you've lost your class. <laughs> yes, I have that. <laughs> uh, so, Kayla, what, what do you see as the future of this uh, research? Yeah, it seems like this is something that's going to stick around, at least in the healthcare system, for quite some time. Um, no end in sight for mask wearing. Um, and then especially with us 
hypothesizing that there's going to be a resurgence of this as a seasonal, I don't know, I don't know what the term would be, but just occurring seasonal. It looks mm -hmm. like at least we'll be wearing masks more often, but maybe we'll be providing most of our services through telehealth now. Um, it just kind of depends, but it does seem that clients and clinicians alike are getting more used to expressing themselves and asking for more verbal information when both of you are wearing the mask. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, Ralph, you mentioned uh, somebody wearing a, a gas mask. Uh, early on, um, the masks didn't look like this. This mask is, is uh, a rectangle and it's blue. They had that little, little kind of a respirator look to them. The, yeah. Uh, yeah, what do they call it, an N95 mask? Right, right. Yeah. Are these things effective? Yes. Oh, okay. If you wear them. If you wear them. Okay. They, they, are, they are not the maximally effective mask. Yeah. Okay. The N95 was, though, right? Yeah. Okay. But, you know, the N95 was triple layered, had the cone shape, um, wrapped around the chin more, um, but expensive to manufacture. Okay, so probably that means expensive to uh, buy yeah. and wear, okay. And in the healthcare setting with you have that and the face shield restricting your forehead, so there's really little communication that you're able to show from the little patch of your eyes and maybe yeah. your eyebrows if you're lucky, your face shield's not <laughs> restricting that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't thought about you mentioned the eyebrows a couple of times and I really hadn't thought of that but I'm gonna gonna start to pay attention uh, Groucho Marx was a, uh, a comedian who was a master of eyebrows right yes he was <laughs> okay let's see if we can find a Groucho clip to put up under uh, Lauren Moore and uh, one of the interesting things Jim is that as as we age, our eyebrows tend to get longer, mm -hmm. and uh, my barber keeps trimming mine down every time <laughs> I get my hair cut, but uh, if uh, she didn't, uh, by this time I'd be out to sneeze and flog myself to death. <laughs> You'd look like Chewbacca, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, it's been interesting to uh, talk with you, Kayla, and... Uh, um, and share some information about masks and mask wearing. You know, one of the things that um, we've talked about in positive psychology is that uh, often there is, if we look for it, uh, a silver lining. And uh, this particular uh, COVID-19 didn't seem like it had a lot of silver linings to it, but I think that probably people like you are doing research on all sorts of different kinds of things, like social isolation, the effect of mask wearing, the effect of uh, uh, staying up all night uh, 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 studying, <coughs> yeah, right, playing video games on right, your, right. On your uh, Chromebook. <laughs> There's probably a lot that we're going to be able to look at in the next few years. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what this generation of, let's say, five-year-olds uh, are like when they're 15 as opposed to the previous generation of 15-year-olds. Has there been any change through uh, elementary school mask wearing? Oh, interesting. I've been interested in sarcasm, if that's something that kids could pick up on, if they could mimic what they're seeing enough to learn how to use sarcasm, or if that's just completely lost with mask wearing. I don't know. I, I have a story to tell you, though, Kayla, about a, a 
party that I was at and a guy that I never met came up to me and he said, you're Ralph Faber, aren't you? And I said, yes. And he said, I understand you're the mas master of sarcastic humor. Say something funny. So I said the only thing I could, I'm pleased to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, <laughs> we're going to say to our uh, listeners, uh, hey, keep your stick on the ice. Because we're all in this together. together. <laughs>